So I'm talking about we need you. All of us need one another. Which brings me to the basic premise of what I want to share today, and that is that we can help each other the most when we follow the one another's. Do you know what the one another's are? The one another's are right there in the Scripture. In, in 81 places in the New Testament Scriptures alone, the words one another or each other appear. 81 times. And we're not going to talk about all 81 of them today, but suffice it to say that if you want to know how you can help your community, if you want to know how you can help your brothers and your sisters, follow the one another's. I'm going to talk about a couple of them today, and that's what's on your sheet. And you can write in the, the words there and look at the verses. I've, as much as anything, wanted to give you the scripture words and text for today. But here's the first one. Someone needs your love. Someone needs your love. And that person that needs it is in this building today. You may be one of them, and there are others that are. I know I'm one of them. I need your love. Do you love me? Now, come on, do you love me? <laughs> Don't just say it because I'm up here, but I need that too. We all need that. Someone needs your love. John 15, 12 says this. This is my commandment. Now, look, when Jesus speaks anytime, there's never been a more powerful orator than Jesus. He was a speaker amongst speakers. He, when he said something, it was so simple yet so clear and so powerful. Anytime Jesus speaks, we should listen and apply it to our lives. But when he says this, this is my commandment. I think Jesus never said anything by accident. He said that with a purpose to get your attention. This is a commandment. It's not just me talking and teaching about other things, all of which are important. But this is my commandment, that you love one another, a one another, you love one another as I have loved that's a high bar to reach, isn't it? The love he gave to us is something that I don't know that we could ever match, but that's the, that's the standard. That's the commandment. He's saying, Jesus is saying, if you believe in Jesus, you consider yourself a Christ follower, this is not optional. This is a commandment. It is his commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Romans 15, 7 talks about this. Therefore, this is the letter to the Romans, but therefore accept each other just as Christ accepted you. Accept each other the way Christ accepted you. Aren't you glad Christ accepted us? In spite of our faults, our failures, our sin, the messed up stuff that we got involved in, He accepted us. Not only did He love us, He accepted us for who we are. That's, that's Jesus. And that's something that we need to know. Someone needs our love. I think that's such a beautiful verse, Romans 15, 7, because I need it. Do you need it? I need to know that. I need to know that I'm accepted. And I need to know also that I need to be accepting of others. Very important. I'm an imperfect person, so I need to be accepted. By the way, any perfect people in here today? Could you raise your hand? Stand to your feet if you're perfect. I need to go sit down. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm not perfect. And I'm going to make a declaration. Don't get mad. Pastor Bill's not perfect either, are you, Pastor Bill? <laughs> Getting close. But you know what? That doesn't mean that 
that you're not wise in the things of the Lord, that you're not a mature believer, that you're not that, that, that God's not working in your life and developing you into a stronger Christian and a believer. That's not what that means. But what it means is you're just not perfect. And because I know Pastor Bill probably better than most everyone in here, if not everyone in here, maybe maybe I'd say my mother would be the only one. And I can tell you, because of him being wise, and because of him being a mature believer, one of the things he would always tell you and recognize is that he's not perfect. He's going to make mistakes. And I am, and you are. So, the reason I say that is because that's the world we live in, guys. There's nobody above that standard. And we need to be accepting of that. That's what the Scripture's telling us here. And let me tell you this, too. If you guys are looking for a perfect church or a perfect pastor or a perfect group of people that are there that you can be a part of, you're not going to find it. I'm declaring that to you today. You're not going to find it. Now, let me say this, too, though. <laughs> you know, there's a joke that somebody told one time. It was like, if you find a perfect church, whatever you do, don't join, because then it will become imperfect. <laughs> Right? So there, there just isn't that. We need to be understanding of that. And if you're, you know, instead of trying to spend our time, let me put it this way. Instead of trying to spend our time finding a perfect church, a perfect group of people, a perfect pastor, a perfect whoever it might be, you're not going to find it, first of all. But why don't we just obey this commandment? Why don't we just do that? If we do that, it's going to be as close to, as Pastor Bill just said, almost perfect as it can be. Love one another as I have loved you, and accept others as Christ accepted us. Someone needs your love. Here's the next thing. Someone needs your love because we're always going to have differences. You can't get a group of people, this many people together, and we're not going to have differences. You're not. It's okay. There's always going to be somebody in this life, and maybe in this building, that's going to rub you the wrong way. Maybe I'm rubbing you the wrong way this morning. I don't know. It's just going to happen. It's the way it is. There's always going to be something that happens that you don't care for. But here's what I know is certain. Here's what I know to be absolutely true. Someone here needs your love. Someone here needs your love. They don't need your condemnation. They don't need your judgment. They don't need any of that. They need you to do what Jesus did and what Jesus does. Love us like we are and help us walk the road toward being what we want to be. What He wants us to be. Love us like we are and help us down the road to become what He wants us to be. That's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus did. That was His ministry. So that's number one. Here's another one. Someone needs your help. Someone needs your help. <laughs> it's in there somewhere, guys. There's a slide there. Number two, somebody needs your help. Galatians 5.13 says this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Listen to this. Instead... Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Instead, that means the freedom that we have is not freedom that we just can say, oh, I've got freedom, I can do now whatever I want. No, the freedom that we have is not to satisfy those things, that we 
the freedom we have is intended to, to serve one another, to put other people's interests before our own. Now, I'm not saying that's in every single thing, every single moment of every single day that you put up. Sometimes you've got to take care of your family and your interests and things. I understand that. But, 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 but what we're talking about here is something that's, that's bigger than that. And we don't want to be in a place where we only put our interest above the interest of others. Someone needs our help. Someone needs your help. Someone needs my help. And Jesus showed us this so clearly when he washed the feet of the disciples. I mean, how much more of, a, of, a, of an example could there be? I don't know if you've walked down the desert in bare feet or in sandals before, but your feet probably get pretty dirty. And I say that in a joke, but I don't mean to make light of it, but honestly, Jesus was humble, man. He went in there and he, he, he washed the feet of the disciples. He said his own words. I came to serve, not to be served. That's what he said. That's his example. So we need to live by that because someone needs your help. There's a little story that I, maybe some of you guys have heard in Sunday school. I'm going to try to do it here. Tell me if you remember this. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door, and there's all the people. You ever seen that? Okay. So a lot of you have seen that. That's all a little Sunday school thing. There's a story of a boy who was in a children's church class, and they were doing that. But this little boy, unfortunately, had, had lost his left hand that was amputated. So he didn't have a left hand. And he was a young boy in this church. And as the story goes, the, uh, they were doing this little exercise in children's church, and he wasn't able to do it. He wasn't able to, to accomplish that. But a little boy next to him came up, and he offered his left hand. And he put his left hand in with the right hand of this other little boy, and they did it together. Here's the church, and here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there's all the people. I was telling Jackson this story last night, my little 10-year-old son. And I said, have you heard that? He said, oh, yeah, well, I think I've heard that before, the story of the, of the church and the steeple. He said, yeah, I've done that before. I said, well, have you heard this story? I told him the story I just told you. And this is what he said at the end of it. I wrote it down. I was like amazed. He said, I hope there's more people like that around. Right? Don't, isn't that just as simple and as true? I hope there's more people like that around who will put their left hand with my hand and do something together. There's power in that. There's blessing in that. And that story just, just moved me so much. And then to hear Jackson's reaction to it, I wish there was more people around like that. Don't we want to be those people? And look, this is the way that God set this thing up for our community of believers here to work, to do it together, to work together, and uh, to reach out in other ways to people uh, that, that are around us to, to serve them, not to serve us. I tell you, they're alone. When you're doing things alone, there are some things you can do, but there's a lot more things you can't do by yourself. You ever heard two heads are better than one? I've always wondered what the two, it depends on what two heads and what the one head is. I guess. <laughs> but two heads are better than one. Uh, Solomon said it. We talked about it last week. Two are better than one. That was the statement. So, you know, if you if you look at it together, there is. There are things that we can do uh, by ourselves, we can, 
But there are more things we can't do. Now, there are some things that, you know, you, you can't do everything, and I recognize that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there's some things you can do and can't do. But together, there are more things that you can do than not do. Together. And here's the other thing. Real important. Listen to this. Together, there is not one single thing that we can't make it through. Do you hear me? Together, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the challenge, it doesn't matter what it is. We had a testimony of it today. There's nothing that you can't, when we're together, make it through. There might be some things you can't do and can't do, but there's nothing that we can't make it through together. Some people need your help. Someone needs your help. The next thing is here that someone needs your advice. Somebody, someone in a community of believers like that, need your advice. It says this in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, there's another one of these one another's here, in all wisdom. Do you know that some people have the gift of wisdom? Did you know that? You're saying, yeah, I've got it. I'm one of those ones. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, everybody doesn't have it, and that's Okay. Everybody, uh, the scripture says, each of us have spiritual gifts. God has gifted us with different things. Some may have a a couple of things. Some may have one thing. It doesn't matter. But it's all there to be uh, put together to advance the purposes of of God, to advance the purposes of the church of Jesus Christ, if we use our gifts to his glory. But some people specifically have this gift of wisdom. There are people I know here in this church that I absolutely know and believe that they do. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about just because of how old they are or how you know much time they've spent in, in believers. I'm just saying there's a, there's a gift in there. God's given them a special ability to to give wise, sound, and remember the listen to this scripturally rooted advice. That's not for everybody, but there are some people that are gifted with that. And there are some times that someone needs your advice, and 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 so. If you are one of those people, you you should work on that gift. And always, when you use this gift, I want to say this just to be clear, it should be done carefully and prayerfully. Did you hear that? Say that with me. Carefully and prayerfully. Let's be careful when we do that. Everybody isn't necessarily gifted with that, but there are people that are, and they can be used at the point of need when people need advice. Scripturally rooted, scripturally founded solid biblical advice. And the reason that this is something that I know can be developed in our lives is because of what that verse says right there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means all of the scriptures. That means the word of Christ. You need to know the word before you can share it in advice. Am I right? You need to know the word before you can share it in advice. And even when you do know it, and the word of God is dwelling in you richly, you got to be Use it carefully and prayerfully. But but someone needs your advice. Someone needs your encouragement. Boy, I know some people that have gift of encouragement. I can name them right now. They talk to me all the time. Praise God for them. My mother's one of those people. She has the gift. Am I right? Right. The gift. She's gifted with encouragement. Now, that's something that's very powerful that we can use. And it says in Romans 14, 19, this is the amplified version. Go back to the one before that, please. Romans 14, 19 says this. So then let us pursue with enthusiasm. That means that in a, in a, in a 
excited way, in a way that we're, you know, that we're doing it boldly and, 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 and with zeal. Let us pursue with enthusiasm the things which make for peace and the building up of, of the one another's. Okay, that's what we're talking So you want to be pursuing the things vigorously with enthusiasm that make for peace. That means when there's somebody talking to you about something negative, sowing seeds of discord, being a malcontent, a pot stirrer, whatever you want to call it, that's not anything that you need to be a part of. Amen? That's not what we need to be doing. We need to be involved in things, pursuing things that make for peace, that turns the temperature down a little bit, that keeps us in our lanes. That's what we need to be doing. Because someone needs our encouragement. Now Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I just said, you know what a pot stirrer is, right? <laughs> They're stirring the pot. This can You can be a pot stirrer to, to stir up one another there it is again, by the way. One another. You can stir up one another to love and to good works. Isn't that the kind of pot stirrer you want to be? Isn't that the kind of pot stirrer we should be? To stir up in one another love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Now, it's not the habit of any of you in here today, right? You know that verse has other, there's other translations you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Not neglecting to meet together as is the heaven of some, but encouraging. Say that with me. Encouraging one another. This is what the scripture is giving us to live by. Someone needs your encouragement. Let me tell you, life gets busy. How many people have busy lives? Okay. I, for some of us, some people have lives, some are busier than others. And that's okay. But also, I want to just say something to you today, too. Life is hard. I mean, things life's hard sometimes. Life is busy. Life is hard. I get it. It's me. I, I understand. Do you understand that, honey? Because you live with me, so you know it's hard. <laughs> but, but, but life is busy and life is hard. But let me tell you, if you have this connected group of believers, this community I'm talking about, they can help. They can help. Because someone needs your encouragement. And when this is functioning, this thing we do, when it functions the way it should, the way God set it up, the way that he meant it to be, there is someone always that's going to be there to talk to when the wheels come off. How many people feel sometimes that your life, because of its busyness and its hard and all that, that you just feel sometimes the wheels have come off? I can tell you that I have. But you can make a difference in that by, by knowing that someone needs your encouragement. There's someone here today, I can tell you very likely, that is facing some kind of temptation or some kind of thing. And they need your encouragement to keep on doing the things that we're doing, following the Lord. There's somebody, you may not know who it is, but there's somebody here in that category. I can tell you this, there is certainly somebody in the category where they are... Uh, feeling discouraged that need to be lifted up. Last week I said, let's lift up, not put down. Let our words lift up, not put down. It's the same thing. There are people here that need to be lifted up today. And encouragement is the way, one of the ways, you do it. 
because someone needs your encouragement. And this spiritual gift, I'll call it, this spiritual gift called encouragement, many of us have it. And let me tell you, you may not know that you have the ability to do it, but you have the ability to go and to speak into people's lives and lift them up at a place where they need it the most. I'm telling you that they that you can make them understand and help them rather understand and believe that they're going to make it through whatever it is that they're facing right now. Steve, you believe that, don't you? You're going to make it through. We're going to help you make it through because somebody, someone needs your encouragement. By the way, I was just, I wrote this down. I wasn't going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. If anybody is like saying, hey, you know what? I really want to encourage somebody today, but I don't know who to encourage. Meet me after church and let me give you my cell phone number. (laughs) Because I need it. I want it. I want to give it out and I want to receive it. That's a circle of encouragement. Somebody, someone needs your encouragement. And I'm telling you this. I really believe this. If you truly, there's going to be opportunities, more and more opportunities. If you connect yourself into this community, if you connect yourself into this group of believers, really and truly do it and and, and lean into that, you are going to, listen to this now, you personally, whoever you are, each one of you sitting here, is going to have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people at a time when they need it the most. Each and every one of you will have that opportunity because someone needs your encouragement. Listen to this. Someone needs your friendliness. How many people consider themselves to be friendly? You, I agree with that. No, you not so much. I, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. I wasn't even pointing at anybody. I was pointing at that window to see you'll know. They're trying to sit, say, hey, who was he pointing at over there? But look. Someone just needs friendliness. Listen to this. Do you know what people say about our church? Many of you may not know this because we talk to people who who visited here or come here and, stayed, and why they came and why they stayed and all this kind of thing. We hear all the time, you know what? It's just, I just like the, the warm feeling I got when I came in. I just felt so welcome. These are things that people say. It was just, everybody was just so friendly to me. Isn't that something good? Isn't that a great report? Boy, I tell you what, give yourself a round of applause, and I'm serious, because you are awesome. I mean that. That's not, there's no one person that can do that. That has to be a group of people. So what I would encourage us to do is this. We're there, but let's take that to another level. Let's take that, let's don't let it just be, let's continue to make an intentional point of being friendly. Just being friendly because someone needs your friendliness. And here's why it's important. Let me just tell you why I think it's important. You may run into somebody, you may not even know this, somebody you run into that you had a bad week, had a terrible week maybe, had an awful week, things are going not so well. You may not even know that. Maybe you do. But just by offering some friendliness, a smile, how you doing, introducing yourself, I'll talk about in just a second. It may be that that person just needs to simply know one thing, that somebody cares, that I matter to somebody. Thank you. They might even say it out loud. They might. Well, thank you for saying that. They're thinking, I really needed to hear that today. I needed to just know that somebody, that, that I mattered. Because I've had a bad week, man. Things have gone wrong. 
but I'm hearing that. Thank you for that spirit of friendliness. I want to tell you this, too. I would ask you to do this. I know this is the case because I've talked to so many of you. There's, and I've had, oh, you know so-and-so, right? I know I don't know them. Oh, really, you don't? Well, they come very regularly. You come very regularly. Well, so what I would encourage you to do is this. When you're here, if you see somebody that you've not met yet, you've seen them here maybe a time or two. They don't even have to give me the first time, too. If you've seen somebody here a time or two, or whatever it is, if you have to walk from that corner to this corner, but you all going to have to do that probably. Go up and just introduce yourself to them. Can you do that? Let me show you how easy it is. Hey, how are you doing? I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. I'm Billy Register. How are you? That's great. Good to see you. Well, glad you're here today. Thanks for being here. And I just I hadn't had a chance to meet you because I've you know, everything gets so busy or whatever, but I've seen you here a couple of times, and I just want to have a chance to introduce myself. So I hope I get to see you again. Can everybody do that? Can every single person in here do what I just did? How hard is that? I just gave you the script. I, I mean, no, really, I'm not saying that to be facetious. I'm just saying it. Guys, it matters. We need to know one another. We need to do that, and it's that easy. How are you? Got a little smile on your face. Just say, I haven't had a chance to meet you. I just wanted to introduce myself. I've seen you here before, but my name is Billy Register, or my name is Donna Bellamy, or my name is, is Doug. You don't even have to use your last name if you don't want to. It's okay. My name's Patsy Prince. How are you? My name's Melody Rios. My name's Nelson Barrios. Can we do that? Guys, over the next few weeks, start today, find somebody that you've seen that you know, and, you haven't, and just introduce yourself with a friendly greeting. Do that. Because someone needs your, your friendliness. They need it. And look, let me just, I'm going to just say this. I wasn't going to say this either, but I'm going to do it. I got to just, I'm going to wrap up here. How many people believe what God has said about the afterlife? I didn't even call any of that, but after our life here on earth is done. How many people know that there's a heaven that we're going to have that is eternal? Hallelujah is right. That's an amen big time. No more pain, no more tears. All of that, that's wonderful. Guess what, though? You know, there's something else out there, right? There's a, there's a hell. A lot of people don't like saying that anymore. I'm saying it because it's real. If I don't say it, I'm not doing you a service as the associate pastor of this church speaking here. I have to say that. It's important that we say that because it's real. It's significant. And the thing about it is, is that it's a choice and you can be in heaven. But the reason I say that is this. Just listen to me for a second. Within a three-mile radius, pick a number, two miles, three miles. I'll say three-mile radius. That means this building, draw a circle around it that's three miles. Most of that, almost half of it, is going to be in the St. John's River in terms of where we are. So all that place that's in that radius right there, I can promise you this. Without question, I can promise you this. There are people in that radius today that are contemplating suicide. There's pain. There's hurt. It's real. There are people out there. It, not in Clay County. They're at that too. Not in the state of Florida. Not all of this. I'm talking about right here in this radius. There are people contemplating suicide. There are teenagers. There are teenagers in this radius that you'll drive by their houses today who are cutting themselves because they don't know how to deal with the struggles of life today. 
I know this isn't something all nice and incredible. I'm just telling you like it is. There are people in this radius that are hopelessly and totally addicted to alcohol. Want to kick it, but can't. They're addicted. They're alcoholics. That's in that radius. In that radius, you'll drive by them today. As you go by, I would just say, look at the houses. Just pray, God, help us to reach these people. Look at the houses, because in some of these houses, these people I'm talking about, they're there. They're in these places, in this small little radius around this building. There are people that are hopelessly and completely addicted to drugs. It may be prescription drugs. It may be illegal drugs. But they are addicted to drugs. And the enemy is about a stronghold on their life, and he's trying to wreck their lives like he does. Those are the people right here, folks. And so the reason I say that is this, that when there are people who walk in this door, either for the first time, the second time, the third time, or whatever time that it is, I'll tell you what. You may not have a second chance to issue and to offer the friendliness. We have that opportunity every time, though. So we need to let them know that we, and not superficially, not in a false way, I don't think anybody would do that, but in a sincere and genuine way, that we care about you. I don't know your story yet, but I care about you and your family. I love you because what we said earlier. We're going to love you like Jesus loved me. That's my call. That's my command. And I want to just, so I'm going to start with just being friendly. I'm going to start with giving you a smile. If they don't sense that, they may not return. They may not come back, guys. And if they don't, that may be, I'm not saying it would be, that may be the only time that they were going to be in a place where the Holy Spirit moves on their life and they come to a full knowledge and acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's on us. Because someone needs our friendliness. I'm going to bounce through these really quick here. This is a a good one, but I'm going to just tell you, someone needs your forgiveness. Someone needs your forgiveness in here today, folks. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back onto the right path. Don't fall into the same temptation yourself and here. In some translation, it says one another, bear one another's burdens, each other, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. That's what it says. And so, I want to just say this to you. Um, You see it on your sheet there. Forgiveness, forgiveness is the proving ground of love. Forgiveness is the proving ground of love. You can't love like Jesus commanded us. He didn't ask us. He commanded us. You can't love like he wants you to love unless you have forgiven all that needs to be forgiven. You can't do it, folks. I'm sorry. I'm telling you the truth. You can't. You can't on one side of the coin say, oh, I love you in Christ and I love everyone and I'm a believer and I I love all these people. But that one, no, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what happened. I'm going to hold on to that because I'm right and they're wrong. You can't do it because forgiveness is the proving ground of love. You want to love like Jesus loved, you forgive. You want to love like he loved, do what he did. First thing he did when he was on the cross after all that had been done, 
Father, forgive them. Well, if he can forgive that, come on. What has somebody done to us I can't forgive? Come on, really? Forgiveness is the proving ground of one because it is important because someone needs your forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, you say, what if somebody's blown it and they've messed up and they've wronged me and they did all this? Pastor Billy, you don't know. Oh, yeah, I do because it's happened to me plenty of times. It'll happen to me again. Offense will come. <laughs> but if you like me, let me tell you, there, and I hope you are in this way, there are times in my life that I don't need justice. I need mercy. I don't need justice. Justice is God's job. I don't need to go meet out justice on my own. I need mercy. And let me tell you something. He gave it to me freely, unmerited as a gift. Grace and mercy. And if he can do that for me, I can certainly do it for someone else because someone needs your forgiveness. And forgiveness is the proving ground of love. And I'll just read this last. Rob, would you please come in? Colossians 3, 12 and 13, it says this, So God chose you to be the holy people he loves. You must, and I circle that word, must, you must clothe yourself. Listen to this now. With tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's so hard for me. I'm going to just tell you guys, it's not easy. But I do it. I try to do it every day because I know that's what God wants me to do. To just clothe myself with those things. And it says then, make allowance for each other's faults. You know what that means? That means go ahead and plan it into your plan. That people are going to fail. That we live in an imperfect world and we're imperfect people. Make allowance for that. Just set it up and say, I know that it's going to happen. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Who's been offended? Don't raise your hand. Don't say it. It's all of us. You know it. We've all been offended. We will be offended again. Forgive anyone. Not, there's no criteria there. Anyone. Who offends you? And then it says this. Read this and just look at that. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. This is the Lord speaking to somebody here today. I know it because someone needs your forgiveness. And forgiveness, as Pastor has said many times, and I totally believe this, forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is about you and your spiritual life, and you being able to grow in the things of the Lord, and to be able to be all that He wants you to be. Because forgiveness is the proving ground of love. And this last thing, number seven, on your sheet, the whole world needs to see us live this way. We've got to live it, not talk it. We've got to live it, and that requires us being committed to it. And John 13, 34, 35 says this. I'm giving you a lot of scripture today because this is what this is all about. This is all contained right here, guys. I'm giving you a few other additional thoughts on it, but this is the Word of God. It's speaking into our lives today if you'll listen. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And look at this. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
You don't need to go around and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to this church. Oh, I believe in God. I mean, you can do that, and there's nothing wrong with that by stating your faith and being bold and declaring your faith and all that. That's great. It's wonderful. Do it. But there's no substitute for this, that your love for one another, that will prove it to the world. That'll prove it to the world. And let me tell you, there is nothing in this world that will get the attention of others. There's no gimmick. There's no game. There's no anything you can do that will get the attention of others more than anything else. That when we as believers, we a community of believers, live like what we talked about here today. Because the world needs to see us live it. Love as Jesus loved us. Don't talk like it. Live it. A love that can't be stopped no matter what milestones or any kind of roadblocks the enemy wants to put in our path. Love will steamroll every effect and everything that the enemy tries to do. It will steamroll right over it. Because love is that powerful. That's why Jesus commanded us to do it. It's a love that can't be stopped. A love that will be an encouraging, a lifting up, a forgiving, a friendly love. Because someone needs all of those things, folks. That's the message I believe that God has put on my heart today. And I believe beyond any doubt that if we come together as a community of believers, as a group of connected people, through all of these opportunities and things that we're going to do to grow spiritually, that's going to show and we're going to reach people with the good news, gospel message of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. That's what's going to happen. Would you please stand? And I'm going to ask everybody here, if you would, as, as we're closing our service today, to just close your eyes. Bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Because I just really feel like somebody today, somebody today, I, I, I just I, I, there's somebody here that needs to make this right. That this, I don't know if it's a forgiveness issue uh, or, or if it's a, a salvation issue. Maybe you've not accepted the Lord into your life. Maybe you've accepted Him, but you know, you sort of hadn't really gotten connected and plugged in and really tried to grow spiritually. Maybe you need a rededication moment. I don't know. Maybe you've been there and you've left for a long time and you just simply need to come back. But I'll tell you, there will never be a bigger decision on any of those categories that you can make if you do that today. And so I'm going to ask, as everybody has got their head bowed and eyes closed and the believers in the room praying, that if you're someone here that has not made that decision and hasn't accepted the Lord as your personal Savior and seen all the things that He can radically change and turn around in your life, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to raise your hand right now because I want to pray for you. And I don't want you to think that anybody's wondering what's going on or who's doing what. That's not what this is about. This is personal between you and God. You don't even have to raise your hand. I'm just asking that because I want to see who I need to pray for this week. There's somebody here. You know who you are because the Holy Spirit is not me. It's not my words. It's not anything. There is something tugging on your heart right now. You're in one of those categories. I don't know. But I'm telling you, it's you. And I see your hand. And so all I would say is this. I would, I would encourage you to know that this church, whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever the walk of your life might be, that this church, because of all I've talked about here today, this is an encouragement for us to go more and forward in this. This is not something that we need to do because we don't do it. We do it. We're here to help. 
We're here to lift you up. We're here to encourage you. We're here to meet you with friendliness and kindness and love because that's what we're all about. And I can tell you that this church, this family, this community, we can help you if that's what you're facing. So if this is not your time to decide, I'll leave that between you and God. But if it is, you can do that. You don't have to raise your hand. You can pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me if there's who you might be. Father, I come to you a sinner. I've done things that I'm not proud of. I've done things maybe that I shouldn't have done. But I know today that you can cleanse me from all of those things, all the guilt, all the shame, anything that I'm carrying about, the burdens, and that I've got a group of people at First Assembly who will help me as I work through these things. They're going to lift me up, not put me down. There's strength in numbers, and I don't need to try to do this alone. So, God, I ask you today to come into my heart, to take over my life, and let me work for you to deepen my roots, to learn about you, to grow in your favor, and let the people around me, this group of believers, these people who have had such a difference in their life, let them help me walk this life out. I ask you to come into my heart today and change my life and change the way I think and change the way I act. Change it from the inside out in Jesus' name. That name above all names, the name that carries every power that we need to be victorious in this life. That name, Jesus. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So for those of you, and there is someone here. I'm not going to get into all the reasons I know that. I know somebody here right now who prayed that prayer, and that prayer is for you, and you need to take the next step. Nobody wants to embarrass you. It's not. I mean, everybody here is going to throw a big party when people get committed to the Lord. That's us, man. We're not judgmental. It's not happening. So if it's after church, or if you contact the office, I don't know, but there's somebody here who made that decision today. There may be more than one. I'm just saying there's someone. I know that. And if that's you, fail to follow up and let us help you with the next steps that you need. Because God is for you. He's not against you. He's on your side. He's the one that's going to build you up and solve some of the things that you're questioning. And we believe that because we've seen and experienced in our own life. Pastor, I, I, I don't, I, we've gone a little longer today than I had intended to go, so I, I want to just put it in your hands to see if there's anything else you feel like you need to say today. Praise the Lord. Just let's close in this prayer together. We come to you, O Lord, and ask that the Holy Spirit will embed in our hearts what we have heard preached today. That this word of God, this word of truth will live within us so that we respond to it and act on it and become living participants in the development of the Word of God in the body of Christ. So that in us, this reality shines forth and permeates the atmosphere of the gathering of the people of God.
so that we love your word, desire your truth, saturate ourselves in the revelation that you've given us about walking with the Savior in love and in the depth of surrender and commitment. Move in our midst today, O Lord, not only now, but as we walk away from this place. May we know that your hand is resting upon us today and now. And now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. 